What's up, everybody? It's Jamel Gibbs, your family-oriented entrepreneur. Welcome to another podcast episode. This is the Business and Investing Podcast, where you learn all things business and investing related. And today, there is no exception. We have someone else who uh, has his own podcast called The Bread Podcast, The Black Real Estate Dialogue. I've been a guest on it myself. Absolutely love the podcast myself. Interesting guests and uh, I wanted to have him on today so that we can have a discussion about what he's doing in his real estate business. Now, he's located in Los Angeles. A lot of you guys are from California, and you want to know how you can get started investing in real estate in California. But what about the rest of the nation? You know, real estate is, to me, a universal thing where you can take the same concepts and apply them anywhere. You just have to adjust based on your local market. Now, Sam is actually from Brooklyn, from New York himself, but in addition to that, he's also investing outside of California. So he does uh, investing uh, virtually, and he also has a target niche group as well. So we're going to get into a lot of these different things. We're going to talk about virtual real estate investing. We're going to talk about the importance of investing if you're a minority, and we're also going to talk about you know, how you guys can take these concepts that we're going to talk about on today's podcast and be able to apply them into your life to go from where you are to where you want to go. Sam Dulcine, what's up, my man? Man, I'm good, bro. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for pronouncing my last name correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you this, bro. I'm going to tell you this, man. Um, I was going to chop it up. I had to ask yeah. you beforehand, man. Because um, I've known you for several months at this point, but yeah. I, I didn't know what your last name was. I just yeah. knew you as Sam, to be honest. <laughs> it's <man>. all good. <laughs> um, Most people do. <laughs> yeah, man. But I, I love the content that you're putting out. Tons of value for the average person to get started doing what they do and really understand business in general, man, it's, especially in regards to real estate. So I, I really wanted to have you on this podcast to talk about some of these things and uh, really help our listeners to be able to understand what real estate investing is all about and how they should move in real estate from somebody that's actually doing it as well, man. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, bro? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So as you mentioned, uh, from Brooklyn, New York, Brooklyn in the house and uh, been living in L.A. for about seven years now. So I live here with, with my wife and our dog. And uh, I started the Black Real Estate Dialogue in 2019, October 2019 same month that I closed on my first out-of-state property. And the reason I started it was because prior to that, I discovered like a year earlier, I wanted to invest and I couldn't qualify for anything out here. And so I'm like, well, I got to figure something out because my retirement at this job, if I stay here, it's not going to last long in my old age. And so I discovered people were investing out-of-state and I spent the next year just like listening, reading everything. And I was like, where's the black real estate podcast? And I was searching in the app, in the app on the, on, on a Apple podcast and I couldn't find it. And so I asked my friend, I'm like, you know, should I start? What do you, what, what if I just started? I can't find it. He said, do it. He made the logo and we've been going ever since. So, um, continue to invest. I picked up another property a couple months ago and I invest in uh, Dayton, Ohio, uh, which nobody talks about, which is great. Um, it's in between Columbus and Cincinnati. And, you know, I really like the market and where, where they're going, what they're doing in the city. Um, and so I'm just passionate about, uh, you know, putting people on the platform and sharing their stories and in turn 
given information that people can use practically to go out there and uh, get started in their real estate journey. Cool, man. Now, before we hop into this entire discussion, what made you choose Dayton, Ohio as a market to invest in? Yeah. So I had a list. Once I discovered I wanted to invest out of state, I had a list of like maybe 10 or so different cities. And, you know, I was listening to different podcasts and reaching out to people. And long story short, I got introduced to folks from Memphis and then also from Dayton, Ohio mm. and via email. The folks from Memphis didn't reply. The folks from Dayton replied. They sent me like a market report of what's going on in the city. It piqued my interest. I'm like, you know what? Let me let me do some 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 more research. So billions of dollars going into downtown. The city was investing in the infrastructure. The prices look solid. The rents look solid. And it seemed like a uh, it seemed like an unsung city that's that was heading in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, well, you know, everyone talks about Cleveland. Everyone talks about like Columbus. This city's in between Cincinnati and and uh, Columbus. All right, so I went out to visit, checked the market out, and just looked at what was happening in the city. And I'm like, all right, I think this is a good opportunity. And you know, a couple months later, I ended up closing on something. So that was that was it for me. I liked I liked where the city was going, and you know, I also didn't want to overthink it either. You know, right. I saw enough to make me want to take the next step. And I took that next step and been going ever since. Cool, man. Now, have you ever been there? So I've been, uh, the first time I went there was the summer of 2019. And then I closed on a property a few months later. The second time I went was December of November of 2020. Haven't been able to get back there yet. So I haven't been there in like two and a half years. So yeah, man, let, let's uh, wrap this conversation around how someone who's looking to invest in real estate, maybe they're in a market and it's just not the right market for them. Right. Mm -hmm. So how does someone find that market? How does someone know what to invest in? How does someone know how to build a team? Things yeah. like that. We'll, we'll talk about those things on this particular podcast and then we'll we'll wrap it with why it's important for minorities, blacks in general to invest versus, you know, on Instagram, you might see somebody who's driving a nice car, but they don't really show the keys. Yesterday I posted. Um, <laughs> Posted, like we should probably start showing keys instead of checks because anybody can get a check. You know what I mean? But you make money by building wealth and holding real estate, in my opinion. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that as well, man. But um, so was it an easy transition going from working a job to investing, especially doing it virtually, man? Was that easy for you? Yeah. So, so it's a good question. So at the time I was still um, I was still working and it was a tough transition. I think the biggest thing I had to get over is that, you know, I'm, I can't get in the car and cut the grass or get in the car and help a tenant with something. So I knew that I had to disassociate myself with the fact that I'm not there. I had to get over that. And I think for a lot of people, that's what they get stuck on. And, you know, they end up living in a expensive place like, you know, Miami or LA or New York City enjoying their life, right? Like those cities are, are great to live in, but never going on to invest because they can't get over the fact that they're not gonna be there. So I think that's the first thing um, I had to get over. The second thing is I had to make sure I knew how to delegate. And so at the time I had a property manager, I had a property manager for a year or so and I self-manage now, but I still have to delegate, right? So when you think about tenant turnover, doing the showings for prospective tenants, giving the keys, collecting that first check. Like I have someone who's doing all those things. 
pay them for their time, but someone I trust who's out there doing all that stuff. So I don't have to be there, you know, if I don't want to be there. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the biggest transition for me was because, you know, you figure out the money, you get all that stuff, you pay for it. But the biggest thing is like um, just in your mind, just getting over the fact that you can't be there. And, you know, for some people, maybe you are within a couple hours, but there's not much you could do that you can't pay somebody else to do. It's probably not a good use of your time most of the time anyway. You can be spending your time doing other things. Um, but then once you have that team, once you have, you know, those handymen, once you have, you know, that those boots on the ground, which you can find online, you know, you can find them through places like Bigger Pockets. Um, that's how I found this investor who helps me out with all this stuff. Thumbtack, good place to find like handymen or different people to get work done. Or Google search. Like I had a um, a water heater I had to, to replace, some windows to fix. Found them all on Google, read the reviews, and made calls. So that's that's what I would say. Got you, got you, man. Shout out to Bigger Pockets too, man. Putting out great mm-hmm. content, um, but definitely a resource, uh, you know, that you guys should look into as well. Um, in addition to the Bread Podcast. Thank right? you, bro. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um. So obviously, you know, it takes a little bit of know-how to be able to know, you know, find the right people and know how to vet them and things mm-hmm. like that. What type of obstacles would you say that our listeners would face when looking into those external markets? So one of the challenges, of course, is like not knowing people, right? Mm-hmm. So the first thing I would do if you're looking into, let's say, let's just Columbus, Ohio. Let's say you want to invest in Columbus, Ohio. The first thing I would do is try to find wholesalers and real estate agents in that local market. And so the real estate agents, you should make sure that they work with out-of-state investors. You should make sure that they work with investors overall. You don't want a real estate agent who works with people who are looking for their dream home because it's a totally different mentality. My new real estate agent who I worked worked on the last deal, they work a lot. They work with everybody, but they have a lot of experience working with out-of-state investors. So they understand the mentality. You know, they understand like what is required. Um, so you also want to make sure that they're responsive, right? If you call a real estate agent, and usually wherever you find them, they have their numbers up, whether it's a Facebook group or uh, Google. The, the most recent one I found, I just posted in the Dayton uh, real estate group, like, hey, need an investor-friendly realtor. This Multiple people replied. The person who I went with answered the phone right away and answered all my questions, right? I asked her about her experience. I asked her about working with out-of-state investors. I asked her about what's, what's her take on the market. What are some areas that are up and coming and looking good just to see like if she knows her stuff. Right. And so that's what I would say as far as a real estate agent. For a wholesaler, um, you know, you wanna make sure that they're legit too. It, it can be very challenging to find a good wholesaler, which I'm, I'm sure you have a lot of experience with. Um, but similarly, you wanna make sure that they can actually like find deals. Like maybe you get on their list just to see like the quality of what they're sending you. Um, I think that's something good as well. I haven't worked with wholesalers too much. I primarily work more so with agents, but the point is like, you want to make sure the person is legit and, you know, maybe have them start sending you some stuff and seeing like if they really can put their money where their mouth is, if they're really out here able to help you find, find deals. So I think that is like the main challenge. And I think the cool thing is the agent can help introduce you to other people. Maybe they know um, handyman and different contractors and stuff. You still got to do your due diligence, but starting with that agent, they could connect you to a lot of other people who who can help you with what it is you're trying to do 
as far as investing out of state. Absolutely, man. And, and you know, just to your point, you, you really got to get out there and just find the people. You got to do it. You got to be willing to put in the work, the effort in order to be able to find the right people and vet them. You know, it's not going to happen if you're, you know, just posting stuff online and not calling anybody back. Right. So you got to be willing to ask the right questions, you know, and obviously that comes with some training and just having casual conversations. Sometimes you don't need a script to be able to tell you, you know, if a person is good for your team or not. You just got to, you know, you talk to people every single day, you know, just ask, just ask basic questions to, to the people and go with who you feel comfortable with. Sometimes that's yep. the right move for you. And then you kind of learn from there what not to do if that person didn't work out. Okay, I'm not going to do that again. So let me, you know, try something else. Let me try a different yep. approach, you know. So that's kind of how you, a lot of people want to know everything before they ever get started. That's yep. not necessarily the case. You know, I posted something. I said you got to take imperfect action to get the perfect situation for yourself, right? In order to do that, you just got to get started. And that's what, you know, that's the whole point of what I'm trying to say right here, right? So... With that being said, obviously, for people who've never hired somebody before, for example, or they ne they've never even invested in a local market, what type of mindset shift that it, does it take to be able to invest virtually when you barely know what you're doing? The number one thing is delegation. Like once you get the knowledge on like, you know, choosing a market, how to finance it and all that stuff, like once you get through that, it has to be delegation. Because your time is valuable, right? Um, and so, you know, I think it's important. Like, real estate is never going to be 100% hands off, but whether you're a couple hours away or 10 hours away, you need to be able to delegate. Because let's say, for example, um, you're at work and something goes wrong. Um, you can't go out and fix it. You can't leave work most times and go out and fix it. Like, you need to call somebody who can go in and get that done. It's happened to me before. Like, I've had to, you know, I got a call from a tenant or a text or something and I got to call somebody else say, Hey, call the tenant, go fix this thing or figure it out. Tell me how much it costs. That's just what you're going to have to be able to get good at. Um, mm -hmm. so I think it's delegation, man. It, it's, that's the biggest thing because delegation just getting over the fact that you can't, you're not up the street. So you can't, there's not much you can do. There's usually someone who's more qualified than you to get, to get the thing done. Honestly, think that, you know, sometimes when you're doing virtual investing, you know, I invest in Florida as one of my markets as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, sometimes when you're when you're not there, you're forced to build a team. You're forced to delegate, uh, which obviously can free up more time for you and learn at the same time as to how to manage people the right way while getting the result that you need, right? So sometimes you, you may be uncomfortable with delegating right away, but in reality, that's if you're forced to do it, that's how you're going to be able to build the business at the end of the day. What do you think about that? I agree 100%. I agree 100%. Like it's still, uh, yeah, I agree 100% because if I think about it, right? So with the person who just moved in to the most recent property, so I had someone go out and meet them, go through a walkthrough checklist with them, mm -hmm. collect their all their fees and stuff via like um, uh, cash, a cashier's check just to, I like doing it that way just to, and not digitally, just to make sure like they're good for it. And she sent me everything overnight. I just paid her for a time, paid her to ship the stuff. I had it the next day. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, I think it's incredibly important. Like, would it, it would it would have been absolutely ridiculous for me to try to fly all the way to the Midwest just to do that, and it would have cost more money. Yep, it would have cost way more money. So for sure. For sure, man. So why don't we provide our listeners with a step-by-step process, right? Let's Perfect. go, let's say five steps. Perfect. Right? Five steps. If whether your brand first off, do you need to invest locally when you're brand new? Should you invest locally before we get into this? If you can, sure. But a lot yeah. of people can't. I couldn't. So I didn't have a right. choice. Um and well, I, I wasn't as knowledgeable on certain programs that would have enabled me to. But I think it worked out for the better. So you don't have to invest locally. I think it's up to you. You know, if you want somewhere cheaper than where you're at, odds are you can find another market. Got it, man. So what's the first thing our our listeners should take into account when they're looking to do virtual investing? So the first thing I would say is get your finances in order. Like you need to learn how to maximize what you're already making. Because when you purchase real estate, you're purchasing a business. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to manage those funds properly. So practice with your own funds. You know, if you don't have a budget, there's written ways to do it. There's different apps you can use. You got Mint and and different things of that nature. Or, you know, there's like budget binders and things like that. So I think the first thing is that. And then two, if you realize, considering everything, you don't make enough money, make more money. Get another Mm job, put in some other hours, start a side hustle. Look at what skills you have and so try to maximize your income. Mm -hmm. The second thing I would say is do your market research. So you can, uh, a a way to start is let's, let's take, let's take Ohio and Indiana. Let's, let's start with those. So Indiana, the biggest city that most people know is Indianapolis. So maybe, so you can start there and see, all right, what, what, what are the surrounding cities? Are there any surrounding cities that people commute in from, um, in that metropolitan area in the start? So start there for Ohio, let's say Columbus or Cleveland um, and, and looking at those surrounding cities too. Like where, where do people commute in from? Where do people live within that metropolitan area? Mm-hmm. Then what you want to look at in that market, you want to look at the jobs, the jobs. What, what's the main industries? Is it a city where it's based upon one or two major employers or industries? If so, I'm not too sure about that because if those things leave, then it's not that great. It's, you know, you could be at risk. Um, right. So you want to look at somewhere where there's job growth, there's a diversity of industry, and you also want to see what employers are coming to that city as well. Because if people are moving there, if people are um, working there, if the employment rate is pretty solid, then could be somewhere that, that you want to you wanna invest. You also want to look at what what is the city investing in there? So a lot of times cities have like a downtown website. So for example, in Dayton, there's like a downtown Dayton website and they show about all the millions and billions of dollars and plans for the downtown. And downtown is just like one example, but if cities are investing in the cities, in the metropolitan area, they're gonna publicize it. So that stuff is gonna be out there. So those could be uh, key indicators as well as far as like choosing a market. So there's a couple of things on choosing a market. The third step I would say, all right, you went through all these metrics, you went through all the information, you feel pretty good about the market. Next, you wanna just browse around a little bit, browse listings. So if you wanna um, buy a single family home, for example, take a look at what the prices are for something that you'd be willing to work with. So if you wanna do a little bit of rehab, you can look at properties that need a little bit of work. 
if you want turnkey, you can see what that is. You can see the full spectrum of what those prices are. If the prices look okay at first glance, start reaching out to wholesalers, start reaching out to realtors. I recommend joining the Facebook groups for the local market mm -hmm. and you can see like what the conversation is. As a matter of fact, many times you won't even have to ask a question. You can search and your question might already be answered. So I would say <clears throat> start doing that. And you can also reach out to people who are commenting, like reach out to some of those investors and, and things of that nature and put up a post. Hey, looking for an investor friendly wholesaler or a realtor. Um, I'm interested in buying property and that'll be the start of, of, uh, building your team. So I would say, <clears throat> I would say, um, that'll be the start of building your team, just finding someone to get you deals. And while you're doing that, you also want to try to find handyman and different people to, to support the process, property managers and things of that nature. So those would be some of the folks you want to find. And then once you have your team and you, ha you're, you have deal flow, like you have different people, you have people sending you deals, whether it's the wholesaler and or the uh, real estate agent realtor, then, you know, you start analyzing those deals and, you know, there's a whole formula on how to do that, but you start analyzing those deals, you start making offers and eventually you'll get an offer that's accepted and you'll go through that whole process and um, you'll, you'll probably hand it off to a property manager for tenant selection, but that's like a lot more detail, but that's like a condensed version yeah. of how, how somebody can do it if they're just starting out. Definitely the cliff note version of it, right? So when you, th when you think about this, if we dig a little deeper into some of these, you know, what I, what I like about th this approach is number one, you don't, you, you never heard Sam say anything about a marketing budget, right? Um, especially as a beginner, sometimes you don't need a marketing budget. If it depends on what your exit strategy is going to be. If you're looking to wholesale, then you probably need a marketing budget, right? But if you're looking to buy and hold and actually invest, like what Sam is talking about, then utilize other resources. You heard him mention wholesalers. You heard him mention agents. And from those wholesalers and agents, you can find contractors and build a team. You can find attorneys or title companies to close deals. You can build a team wrapped around your initial contact if they're actually closing deals, right? So one team member can help you build an entire team yep. if you utilize them the right way. Um, you heard them say, eventually you're going to get a deal if you're making offers. So it starts with lead generation, then it gets into uh, offer making. The, the lead generation and offers is really the gist of your entire business, right? That's how you're gonna get the deals. The more offers you make, the more deals you'll get eventually, right? So uh, with that in mind, how many offers would you say on average you're making in order to get one contract? Yeah. So most recently I made three offers, two I backed out of and one worked out. But before mm -hmm. that, I probably analyzed like dozens of deals to even figure yeah. out what I wanted to offer. Um, but in the end, I would say made three offers of most recently and then one of those in the end up working out yeah and, and at the end of the day it depends on a market as well mm -hmm. right if it's a very competitive market you might be making more offers it depends on the price point you know how much lower your offer is based on the actual action uh the asking price of the property a lot of different factors play into that but look one in three and the the, the one that you got worked out to be a deal 
So it's a it's a numbers game. That's basically what Sam is saying here, right? Mm -hmm. You got to make offers in order to be able to get the deal. If you don't make the offer, you'll never get the opportunity, right? So um, we went through a step-by-step -step process. You find the market, do your market research, start building your team, make offers, close deals. That's basically all you have to do. If you listen to this podcast, you listen to everything that I teach you on my channel, there's a lot of similarities with what we're talking about and what you, what I've taught you already. So um, the object here, what, what would be the main key to this whole thing, Sam, as far as um, people having success? Make, so the biggest thing I see is people don't take action. There's like a lot of information out there, but you could take those five steps that I gave and start. So I think start, you have to start. That's, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. That's it. That's it, man. And that's the answer I was looking for, really, because the biggest thing is taking action. Most people, you know, you sit here listening to this podcast, which I'm not, you know, I ain't mad at you for that. Right. But at the same time, you might be looking at a video on YouTube. You might be on Instagram trying to figure or, or TikTok trying to figure out, you know, little tidbits of information. But take the little bit that, you know, take some common sense and get out there and do it. A lot of people are scared to fail, right? You got to fail forward. I know you, you, you've heard me say it before, right? Mm -hmm. Be willing to fall on your face. But what do babies do? I always give the analogy of a baby. A baby, they when they learn how to walk, they start crawling. They get up. They take their first steps. They fall multiple times before they figure out how to walk. And then once they learn how to walk, they start running because they build up the momentum, right? So same exact thing in a business. You got to be willing to crawl, which that's the learning phase, right? But then get up and start walking, start doing something. You're going to fall. You just can't be afraid. You're not going to, it's not going to kill you, right? But you got to be afraid. Most adults forget what it's like being a baby and learning how to fail their way forward. Most adults are afraid to fail. And, and I get it. You might have more to lose than a baby does, right? But sometimes you just got to do it. If you want it bad yeah. enough, you'll make it happen. When your goals are about not yourself, but about somebody else, you'll make it happen, right? There's no excuses. So if you truly want to do this, you got to get up and make it happen. You got to fail. You got to fall when you're taking those baby steps. Eventually, you'll learn how to walk, and then you'll learn how to run. But you got to do it. Sam said it best. You got to start, right? So, you know, five steps that you have. Now, why is it important for minorities to be investing in real estate? Yeah, so, you know, I was looking at some uh, some data this morning and from 2011 to 2021, the black home ownership rate increased by 0.4%. That's one reason why. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk about spending power and all of these things. You know, I personally don't think it's a money problem. I think it's an information problem mm. and priority problem. I think it's more of an information gap than it is a money gap. Um, you know, so I think that's one of the reasons it's important. And over the long term, like real estate is a great way to build wealth. Like we know okay. it, you know, real estate, people will always need a place to live. Um, and even if you're not using doing rental properties there's so many areas of real estate that can be used to generate wealth um but specifically with home ownership 
whether it's your primary residence, whether it's a couple of rental properties, it's a great way to build wealth over time and set your family up for the next generation. Once you get the information, you have a plan and you get to that step, it's a matter of buying right as well, right? So whether you are maybe house hacking and renting out a couple of rooms or a couple of units, you need to make sure you buy right. And the reason I'm, I'm saying that is because I read another statistic that 30% of black homeowners are cost burdened. And what cost burden means is that they're spending more than 30% of their income towards housing. And so you might be approved for a $500,000 house. It doesn't necessarily mean you should buy a $500,000 house and maximize what you're approved for. You got to be smart about it, right? And if maybe you're in a place where, you know, you don't think you could afford the mortgage on your own, consider buying a multi-unit property. Consider mm -hmm. buying a property where you can convert another part. Maybe you can convert the basement to an apartment to subsidize some of that rent so that you're not cost burdened, right? Um, if you're paying 60% or 50% of your income towards your housing, that's hustling backwards. It's going to make it harder for you to build wealth. So I think it's a, it's a matter of buying right as well. I, was, I couldn't believe when I read that statistic. I mean, you know, yeah. sorry, there's some progress folks are buying, but now they're not buying right. They're spending too much money and increasing their out-of-pocket costs when it should be the other way around. You know, I was, uh, you know, right in line with what you were saying in that video where I taught you guys how to buy your first home as a first-time home buyer. I said, most banks, most lenders, are wanna, they're going to want to see your, your housing expense right around 28 to 30%. So if you're not right in line with those numbers, it'll be harder for you to get a mortgage, number one. But if you do get it, you're going to be, you know, the chances of you foreclosing on that property or losing that property at some point is going to be very high because you can't afford to live there, right? So uh, like, uh, like Sam was saying early on, get your finances in order first, right? Understand where you are. If you need to, if you need to make more money, then go out and make more money. Get a second job. A lot of people don't want to work these days, especially the younger community, right? You got to be willing to put in some time and effort into being able to save money i'm teaching my daughters how to save money so that they can invest money right not save money so that they could go out there and buy toys right the toys can come but you don't want to be a consumer you want to be a producer at the end of the day and that's what we have to get into our heads right stop being a consumer and spending money on everything else that's not building wealth but instead be a producer build money invest your money build wealth Look at where you're spending your money, get your finances in order, and be willing to put some of that money to the side to be, be able to invest. It all starts with knowing, right? It all starts with guys like Sam and I making you aware of the problem, and then from there, we can do something about it. If we don't know what the problem is, we can't fix it, right? So good stuff, man. A lot of, a, a lot of practical stuff we talked about on today's call. We gave you guys a step-by-step process on how to start investing outside of your local area if that's what you wanted to do but in addition to that some things to think about to be able to start building real wealth as real estate investors to me real estate is the number one investment strategy there is there's nothing better than it i don't like paper assets some people do then you got digital assets there's there's a, a play for each one i personally like the things that I can feel and touch. And 
you know, with that, you know, there's many benefits to it. You got appreciation, you got tax benefits and depreciation, you got cash flow, you got a you got tenants that pay off your loans for it. There's a ton of different benefits to investing in real estate to build real wealth. And if you look at what is it, ninety percent, ninety nine percent of the people that built real wealth in general did it through real estate. That's a hard fact, right? So you should look at what other people have done in the past and simply copy it. Don't reinvent the wheel. So 50% of black renters are spending more than 30% of their income on rent. And mm. for some people, we got to get uncomfortable. You might have to move. You might have to move to change your life. You might have to go to somewhere that has a lower cost of living. If you're a single person, you might need to get some roommates or you might just need to live somewhere that's cheaper. Mm -hmm. You can't expect to build wealth if you're spending over 50%, if you're spending over 30%, excuse me, well over 30% of your, of your income on rent. And so to hear that 50% of black renters are doing so, that's problematic. Um, so something else we need to think about as well. You know, that's right in line with, with my story, man. You know, I, that was part of the reason I moved from Brooklyn to Pennsylvania. You know, it was just a lot less cheaper to live in Pennsylvania and I was able to get a lot more accomplished because of it, you know? So sometimes you got to step outside of your comfort zone uh, and move. And that's exactly what I personally did. So I can vouch for that myself, man. So that's a, that's a great uh, statistic right there, man. I appreciate you sharing that, bro. Definitely. Um, how can our listeners get more information on, on you, bro? Like wh where can they find you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at black real estate dialogue, YouTube, black real estate dialogue, and if you want to check out the podcast, you can go to Apple or Spotify, Black Real Estate Dialogue, pretty much Black Real Estate Dialogue anywhere. And then um, the website is blackrealestatedialogue.com. There you go, man. And I'll be sure to link all of that in the description box for you guys to be able to check that out. I highly recommend uh, the Bread Podcast. Also, um, if you had to provide our listeners with some good reads that they can start digging into for more information, how, what are you currently reading, bro? Or what has worked yeah. for you in the past? Yeah, so I'll I'll I'll, say, I'll share a couple of books that I want to read that I haven't read yet. So Sounds I would good. say, Four Hour Work Week. I've read part of it. I need to pick that up again and and finish it. So that's one. Millionaire Next Door. I've heard is really good. So that's one that I wanna that I want to read. And then a third one. Thinking Grow Rich and Black Choice. I enjoyed. Um, I think that's a pretty good read as well. It's like. It's practical because it shows it's not just like mindset, mindset, mindset. It shows like what people actually did to achieve their success across a myriad of industries. So that one is pretty good. I, I, I had the audio book. I think I should pick that up again and uh, and check that out. But those those are three I would, I would say. I ain't going to lie, man. I don't like to read. I like to listen. <laughs> I'm more of an audio learner. Same. So like when I'm working out and stuff, for example, I'll be listening to a book, but like, I can't sit, it, it gets, you know, my attention span is just not there, man. I got a thousand <laughs> things going through my brain at one time, you know? Yeah. So, um, but if you had to provide our listeners with some last words of advice, man, what would, what would those words be? Yeah. So it's possible and you, and you can do it. You know, I, when I, my parents lost their home in the financial crisis when I was a kid and I never forgot that feeling. And, you know, there was a period of time where I thought I had to be rich to invest in real estate. It's not true. So you don't need to be rich. And regardless of like what your family background is, if you grew up in a certain environment that wasn't the best, you can change it. You can do something different. You can make 
different choices. And one house can change your life. And you, you are capable of buying one house. You just need the information. You need a plan. And then you go from there. So it's possible. It's going to take some time. It's going to be probably more hard, probably harder than you expect. But it's possible. You can invest. You can buy property. You know, you don't, you don't necessarily have to be a big mogul. You can have a couple of properties and it could really change your life and set set things up for you in the future. So that's what I would say. Sam Dosine, Black Real Estate Dialogue Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to check out the podcast. Check them out on all the social platforms. Provided a ton of value for us on this particular podcast, the Business and Investing Podcast. We really appreciate having you today, bro, and uh, look forward to having you again in the near future. Listen, if you guys liked this podcast, do me a favor. Be sure to share it with your family and friends and others that might, might be interested in it, in it as well. Also, be sure to uh, leave a like. You know, Consider leaving a like on this channel. If you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, be sure to subscribe uh, for more podcasts and more real estate investing, business and investing as well, uh, information that you can benefit from. Uh, in addition to that, guys, you know, who else do you want to see on this podcast? Be sure to leave a comment in the comment section and let me know what questions you might have for Sam. We'll have him back on a second podcast based on the questions that you guys generate in the comments section. If you're uh, listening to this or watching this on YouTube. So leave a comment. Let me know what's on your mind, good or bad. Looking forward to all of the feedback that we could get. And how can we continue to help you? Get from where you are to where you want to go. That's what this podcast is all about. Uh, let's open up the conversation and looking forward to hearing from you guys. Sam, we appreciate you, brother. And uh, looking forward to having you back. And I'll see you guys on the next one.